Monday's practice at the Centura Health Training Center features the first day of pads. What does Broncos head coach Sean Payton expect of his team? And who are some players that you and Broncos country absolutely must pay attention to when the pads come on? We'll dive deep into that and much more. Today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Every single day, make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. If you've not done so already, so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content coverage, analysis, and more every single day, all year long. This is the place that you should be for up-to-date, objective Denver Broncos coverage. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Today is a good day in Broncos country for heading out there this morning at the Centura Health Training Center. The Broncos will be throwing on the pads here for Monday's practice in front of fans. Tickets still might be available, so make sure you check it out on Ticketmaster or the Broncos website because sometimes people can't make it. They can return it, and you can claim them on the website there. But, Sarah, pads are on. This is where the real evaluation from here on out really matters, where you can gain more insight about a player, about a position, than anything else that doesn't involve pass, doesn't involve contact. Things are going to ramp up here under Sean Payton's first training camp here with the Denver Broncos. Things are certainly ramping up off the field, aren't they, Cody? We've been hearing about all this drama, Aaron Rodgers, the Jets, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Sean Payton. There's quite a – we might need to start having these guys put some pads on off the field, I guess. But, man, on the field, you're right. It is going to really ramp up once the pads come on. And, unfortunately, it also raises kind of the alarm for potential for injury. So, knock on wood, hopefully the Broncos remain relatively unscathed in training camp. You always want to see every NFL team. You you hate it when big name players go down with injuries. So of course that's going to be in focus as teams put on the pads all over the NFL. But obviously with the Denver Broncos, it brings a new level of kind of intensity to different position groups, which we're going to talk about on today's show. And I think you and I are both very excited to be able to see how different players look in terms of just, you know, you, you kind of, we, we talked about this in a previous episode, but you get these guys under the lights for an actual game. Like even if it's preseason, it really ramps up the intensity for them to kind of, hey, this is my opportunity to do what I do best, which is perform, which is perform under pressure. That the same type of mentality comes when these guys get to put the pads on. They get to they get to hit. There's a little bit more freedom out there on the field. So I'm very excited to hear about which guys are standing out, especially after Monday's practice. It'll be important as well because this practice, I mean, this training camp, not just this practice, but training camp here under Peyton is going to be a little more physical. And here's what Broncos head coach Sean Peyton told us on Saturday about maybe his expectations for the first day of pads, trying to contain the excitement because when the pads come on, there is a little bit more juice. There is a little bit more excitement, but it has to be controlled chaos inside an emotional game. Here's what Peyton had to say. Yeah, look, it, it, it's, it's an emotional game and you got you have to play it that way. And so I think the key is is identifying what you're wanting in each period. You know, there's we're going to have some live periods um, and we're going to have some periods where they're not live. And and so 
I think to your question, clarity with the tempo so that we're explaining it. Everyone's on the same page. Uh, I think that's important. Everything planned out, right? It's been the, the kind of the mentality throughout training camp. He said it. They've, they had these practices scripted for how many months now? And now you get into the padded practices where they want to keep everything under control. And you certainly don't want to get out of hand with the contact, but you do want to, as Sean Payton has talked about. And as he said, it, this is a contact sport. You got to practice you know, with that contact every single day, you got to practice tackling. I, I can't remember Cody, which coaching regime it was that didn't want to practice tackling in Denver, but I mean, it's, you know, it's come up in the past in recent past. So we've been having these discussions. We've had discussions over, will these guys play in the preseason or not? You want to do your best to simulate real actual football. And Sean Payton understands that from his time in new Orleans. It's important because you have to practice how you're going to play. And obviously, going against your own teammates, the emphasis and the message from the coaching staff is, hey, these are your teammates. We're not trying to hurt anybody, but we need to be in a controlled simulation here. And Peyton also in that clip he mentioned as well, he mentioned there's going to be some live periods. If you're wondering, what does he mean by that? There, there will be some periods in camp where, hey, there is going to be tackling. There's going to be going to the ground. But what they there's also going to be periods where maybe there's going to be some contact, but they're not going to be live or they're not going to the ground. They're not doing certain things. And you have to differentiate that here. But I think we are going to get a big, I'd say, sign about which players we really need to keep our eyes on going forward. Now, I'd say based on maybe some of the rotation as is, Sarah, let's dive into some players right now that I think Broncos fans need to pay attention to when the pads come on and also here in the preseason. And these all these names that we're going to mention here, they're not just your typical starters or your key rotation guys. These are guys who are fighting for a roster spot. These are guys that have a chance to maybe make some noise, even if they're not being talked about enough right now. That's why we're going to highlight it. And I think that undrafted rookie free agent P.J. Mustafer and Elijah Garcia, who was picked up late last year and added to the practice squad, these are two guys here. Based on a couple of things I've seen so far at training camp without pads, I'm curious to see what they look like with pads because, hey, it could make some noise here for Denver, even though that Sean Payton said right now, like they're they're looking at anything. Shelby Harris came in for a, a visit and they're going to maybe sit down and visit with some other guys, but they may be blown away by these guys when the pads come on. There's this one, but I also think it's important. Trench warfare. How do these guys do against the offensive line when physicality meets physicality? Who comes out on top? I'm excited about these guys in particular on the D-line. Can't wait, Cody. I, I can never not think about Darth Vader when you say PJ Mustafar's name, because obviously Darth Vader's castle is on the planet Mustafar. So he will forever be a Star Wars guy to me. So one day, maybe he'll come out of the tunnel rocking a blue and orange Darth Vader helmet or something like that. That'd be fun. But I can't wait to see these guys play because the Broncos need help on the defensive line, right? And they're going to be going up against, hopefully, uh, our thoughts out to Mike McGlinchey and his family, obviously losing a loved one, somebody that was near and dear to their heart. So our thoughts go out to him. Hopefully the, these defensive linemen are going to get to go up against the best of the best, right? And I think we will see that as McGlinchey returns to the practice field. But Elijah Garcia and PJ Mustafer, they have an opportunity to go out there and really establish their role in this defensive rotation. Now, we know Shelby Harris came in for the visit. We'll kind of have to wait and see what materializes there. If anything, Sean Payton also did say that they would bring in additional players on the D-line to look at. So these young guys, as Payton has said, you're not just auditioning for this team. You're auditioning for 31 others. 
regardless of who the Broncos end up signing, if anybody, these guys have a chance to go out there and make their case for, if not the Broncos, a number of other teams. So I think a lot of eyes are going to be on this defense. There's a lot of good players there for other teams to look at. Well, now let's talk about two positions that often intertwine with one another in terms of competing against each other. Offensive tackles, as we talked about, you you brought up McGlinchey. We'll see if he's back. And obviously our well wishes are with him and his family during this trying time. Garrett Bowles was back during Saturday's practice for the Broncos. And then Cam Fleming was back in action a little bit. He's been working on getting in shape. And now, yes, Saturday was his first practice where he actually got to do some team stuff. So that is a good step in the right direction. But aside from that, let's say McGlinchey is not there. Offensive tackle outlook is going to be Garrett Bowles, Cam Fleming, and Isaiah Prince. And so for me, I always like to look at who do they go against the most during training camp, and that's going to be outside linebackers. We already know Frank Clark, Randy Gregory, Jonathan Cooper. Those guys are going to be the key names that you know are probably going to have some success and be a very big challenge for those guys. But I'm encouraging Broncos fans to keep their eyes on Nick Benito. Obviously, that's a not, not a surprise there. You need to see something from Benito. But keep an eye on undrafted rookie free agent Marcus Haynes as well. These are two guys that I feel like when the pads come on, we're going to get a little bit of a bigger evaluation on them now. Just in Saturday's practice without pads, Nick Benito had a rep against Garrett Bowles where he caught him with the speed rush and got all the way around him. Russell Wilson stepped up into the pocket, delivered a 20-yard throw to Cortland Sutton, who toe-tapped it in, but that was a good rep from Benito. Can he carry that over with the pads when they come on here? For me, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at Marcus Haynes at the outside linebacker position as we get a little bit deeper into training camp when the pads Come on, in Broncos country, we're going to continue talking about how pads change the evaluation factor. What positions does it impact the most in terms of evaluation? Well, the running back competition behind Javante Williams, Samaje P. Ryan, is an interesting one. And we'll dive deeper to that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or whether you lose. That's $200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to have the first home run in a game. And you get all of this all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly with FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. There's also not a better place to place any bets besides FanDuel on NFL futures action as the season is creeping up upon us. We'd like to take a look at certain metrics that maybe you can get involved with pertaining to the Denver Broncos here. Let's talk about the NFL Coach of the Year Award. Futures betting here. Taking a look at Broncos head coach Sean Payton coming in. He's got the third best odds right now at plus 1,200. Ironically, right in front of the New York Jets head coach Robert Sala at plus 1,600. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball and the National Football League. With pads coming on at Denver Broncos training camp on Monday's practice, we fix our attention at a position group that really doesn't get the chance to showcase exactly what it can do, maybe at its fullest, and that is the running back position. We're going to talk about the running back. We're going to talk a little bit about the fullback position as well. How big of a factor could that be as the Broncos open up the physical, more or the more physical portion of training camp? Cody and I are going to discuss that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. But before we do, 
we have to say, we got to stop and take a second to say thank you to every single one of you that listens to Locked On Broncos. All of our everyday listeners out there, you everydayers, you know you can find Locked On Broncos anywhere and everywhere that you listen to podcasts free and available. Also on YouTube as well. We love being able to be on YouTube so you can see our faces. We can chat with you in the comments. And we also love interacting on Twitter. So thank you for making Locked On Broncos Part of your day, the first listen of your day every single day, wherever and however and whenever you listen to podcasts. I'm excited to talk about this running back position, Cody. And really, it's because the top two guys at the position for the Broncos, what's their best trait, would you say? I would say physicality. And I would say (laughs) that's going to be on display now as we got Javante. He hasn't just been watching practice. He's been out there as a full participant. And correct me if I'm wrong on that. Seems like he's been a full participant. We'll see what happens as they get into full pads and things like that. But between he and Samaj P. Ryan, I have a feeling we're going to hear some loud pops out there uh, among the fans and the media. You guys are going to be able to hear those pads popping. That's the, the one of the best sounds, I think, if, of anything. You know, you go to a football game and it's hearing the pads crunching when there's contact. That's the thing about Samaj and Javante. That's the style of the game. And yeah, you're right. Javante has done more. They haven't released the injury designation report just yet. I'm not sure. I think it's the first week of the preseason game is when they have to start doing that. But for the most part, Javante, from my perspective, has really been a full participant, right? And and usually the NFL and teams determine that by, okay, limited means that they were able to participate in position-specific drills. Full usually means that they're able to do position drills plus team period drills. We've seen Javante in team period. So for me, that would maybe indicate that he's been a full participant. Now he still could be in line here in the next couple of days, especially as the pads come on. He could be in line for a maintenance day. As Sean Payton said, players who suffered serious injuries last year, there's going to be times where they have a load management day, which isn't a bad thing here in training camp. So that is something to keep an eye on. But I'm also a little more curious to of how the running back three competition goes here. Now, obviously, there's three other backs besides those two guys. We're talking about Tony Jones Jr., Jaleel McLaughlin, and Tyler Beatty. And from an eye standpoint, observation standpoint, without pads, without contact, Tyler Beatty and Jaleel McLaughlin have looked like the two more explosive guys in comparison to Tony Jones Jr. But this is where I think our evaluation of what we see without pads versus with pads comes into play because when the pads come on, Tony Jones Jr. may not have to be explosive but he could be reliable, right? He could pick up guys in pass protection. He could run hard or run through guys. We haven't seen that yet. So not to write him off entirely, but I think the general vibe right now from us watching practice so far is that really the RB3 competition, in our opinion, looks like it's between Jaleel and Tyler Beatty. That could change there. and I I think I have to kind of be open-minded to that. So how does Jaleel McLaughlin, how does Tyler Beatty, who've been impressive so far throughout training camp, how do they carry that over here? if they can run through tackles, because here's the deal. You got linebackers blitzing, you got safeties filling their run lanes, defensive linemen trying to shoot the gaps quickly. That could change everything when tackling periods, when the live periods, as Peyton has mentioned, come forth. You need to be able to have that dynamic there, and I think it's important to watch. For me, I'm excited about it, but more importantly, I think the the bigger question in this competition when the pads come on, not only is it being able to hit the hole, run through contact, protect the football, What does pass protection look like here? Are you going to chip release? Can you maintain ground against a very big physical linebacker? Like, hey, some of these guys are going to have to go against Drew Sanders and and Jonas Griffith. Can we talk about that? That's a great test for these guys. I'm excited to see it play out. 
I'm trying to picture uh, Jonas Griffith or Drew Sanders going up against Deuce Vaughn, the the rookie for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, Cody who stands out. Five foot five there. I'm sure he put up a good fight. I don't want to discount his abilities, but you're absolutely right. That that is going to be a key thing to look out for as they get into this. And of course, we know the Broncos did bring in guys to help out with that. So the running backs don't have to do as much because we saw last year. I mean, how how desperate did the Broncos seem to have Melvin Gordon out there? after the Javante injury for a couple of weeks, just in pass protection, just to have him out there as basically an extra O-lineman at times. So the Broncos have guys like Chris Manhurts, who we discussed, Sean Payton really likes Chris Manhurts at the tight end position, and Michael Burton as well. That could be a key piece of him making this team because we know he's not going to touch the ball a ton. Not He may touch it a couple of times here or there, but he's not going to touch the ball a ton. So it's those those things that don't show up in the box score that's going to make these guys the roster. Just like uh, Terrell Davis. Remember the the famous highlight of him back in, what was it, 95 or 96? I forget the exact. I think it was 95 when he was a rookie, and he made that play over in Japan on special teams. And it's like, dang, this guy Terrell Davis is out there flying around on special teams. All of a sudden, he becomes an MVP. And I say all of a sudden, he becomes an MVP running back, Cody. So <laughs> these guys are going to have the, op- the opportunity to show here, hey, I can contribute as your running back three, but I'm also going to be an asset on special teams. So I don't have to be a game day inactive that you're just waiting for me to, to need to be ready to play running back. It's it's all encompassing. It's It's being decisive, hitting those holes. It's picking up pass protection, showing you can contribute on special teams catching passes in traffic, especially for these, these young backs, Tyler Beatty, Jaleel McLaughlin, and, and Tony Jones Jr. They need to prove that they can catch passes in traffic, run the full route tree. It's a big, big step forward now that the pads are coming on for these guys. This week will give us a much bigger vision. There's another keyword that we always hear, vision about maybe where some of these guys are at. And, and that's why I like what Sean Payton said about evaluating guys without pads versus with pads. He says, I, you know, I've told my coaches we need to be slow to evaluate because, yeah, there are some things when you watch some of these guys without pads, it is easy. If you love football and you know about the game and you see a lot of these flashy plays, you're like, okay, this is exciting. Coaches can fall victim to the same circumstances there, and that's why Peyton has really emphasized be slow to evaluate. We have our initial notions coming in, but pads do change everything, and, and Peyton has said that several times since he's taken over as head coach and he's met with the media. So that is a huge key to watch here this week for the Denver Broncos as they prepare. We're just two weeks away, folks, from Denver's first preseason game against the Arizona Cardinals. Not this upcoming Friday, but the next Friday will be where all the action happens and we're excited we'll break it down every step of the way what are some other positions to watch and some names to watch in terms of positional competition or guys who maybe stand out where a position needs some physicality where the pads will be greater evaluators we take a look at some of the more important positions from skill player standpoint you're going to get that on today's episode locked on broncos Real quick, make sure you go check out the Locked On NFL podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you get the biggest storylines right now going around the NFL. There will be football this week, and ironically enough, the New York Jets are going to be playing in a Thursday preseason opener game as the Hall of Fame ceremony begins to kick off. Make sure you check out all the action this week on the Locked On NFL podcast for some of the biggest storylines, including how long of a timetable is Joe Burrow out? You get that. Locked On NFL. 
When the pads start popping, you'll be able to understand a little bit more about certain players. We all know when we look and we evaluate a practice, we're looking at star players. We're looking at second string players. But a lot of the evaluation, I think, that gets missed out on when pads come on is how do some of these other guys that maybe aren't talked about enough, how are they perceived? We look at skill player positions. We look at some of the more pivotal positions that you need on an offense or defensive side of the ball. That's where the evaluation gets a little bit more tricky. Thank you so much, Broncos Country, for tuning in, making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you so much. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content, coverage, and more. Sarah, we're going to go through here and talk about a couple of positions, maybe highlight some guys in our opinion that we want to see a little bit more of or we can't wait to see maybe how pads changes our perception on a player or the evaluation process. I'm going to start off on the wide receiver position here. Obviously, as we know, it's the most loaded position right now in terms of having number of guys there. And I, I think for the most part, we've talked about our perceived four roster locks in a sense. Cortland Sutton, we know, is, is a big, physical, explosive player. Tim Patrick, we know, is big and physical as well and was arguably their best blocker before he went down with an injury last year. And then you have Jerry Judy, who's a finesse guy and has improved as a blocker. I think there was a narrative that Jerry's not a great blocker, but Jerry's actually improved since he's coming in his rookie season in that department. For me, I'm going to keep my eye a little bit on Marquez Callaway because I know him playing in New Orleans previously, Peyton wants his receivers to be able to block, to be able to open things up because, hey, the run game needs to be in the DNA. And if you're a receiver and you can't block, how are you going to be trusted out there in some of those situations? To me, Marquez Callaway is a very, very intriguing name to watch here. I say down that same vein, how about little Jordan Humphrey, who apparently made a really big play within the first couple days of camp already deep downfield as a receiver. You see, you search his name on Twitter. You're going to see a lot of clips of him with the Patriots and Saints doing much more blocking than catching. So it's it's one of those situations where the pads come on. You start to get a real feel for these guys overall value. It's not just the highlight plays in the passing game. It's every all encompassing. So at the wide receiver position, physicality can separate so many guys. And it's not just about run blocking. We understand that. But it's about being physical in traffic when you're trying to make a catch uh, over a defensive back or uh, you're trying to fight for positioning to get the ball or you're, you're maybe having to help spring a, a play downfield other way. And yet not just in the running game, but after somebody else catches the ball, are you attentive? Are you being physical in, in scramble drill when need be? You know, the, all these different types of things. How are these guys going to adapt? So. I'm with you, Cody. I like the former Saint aspect here. As we get to the pads coming on now, we know what some of these other guys can do as Broncos. We've seen the undrafted players from last year and years past, Kendall Hinton, Brandon Johnson, Jalen Virgil. We've seen some of what those guys can do. How about these, these guys who were pretty good for the Saints when Sean Payton was there, who production kind of took a step back after he stepped away? Yeah, no, it's not a coincidence that they struggled massively as an offense when Peyton decided to retire. And obviously there were some guys, Peyton disciples who stayed on like Pete Carmichael. They stayed on in new Orleans, but they had a quarterback issue down here in new Orleans last year. They had production consistency issues down there as well. So well, it's something to keep an eye on here, but let's take a look at another position. Now I love the highlight cornerbacks. Now Patrick Sertan, we know is a pretty good tackler. Damari Mathis, very good tackler as well from what we saw last year. Kwan Williams, no worries there. But I think for cornerbacks in terms of what we're evaluating, in a tackling game or when the pads come on is how physical they are with the wide receivers. More importantly, when it is a run play to their side, what angles are they taking? Can they get off of blocks by wide receivers? Like these are the things that we have to see. And 
I, I, I have my eye on a little bit on undrafted rookie free agent Art Green, who's big. Like when we talk about muscle mass, I think Art Green is probably the the more bigger, more physical, well-rounded body type that we see out of the cornerback room in there. Uh, so for me, that's something I want to keep an eye on. Damari Mathis, I had a chance to have a one-on-one with him on Saturday. Damari's gotten bigger in his upper body, which is awesome. He's put on, I, I don't know if he's put on or if he's just gained more muscle, whatever it may be, but he looks bigger there, which will help him, I think, in the physicality side of things. He played a lot of press man coverage at Pitt. We'll see how much press the Broncos decide to play this upcoming year, but cornerbacks another one and then tight end outside of Chris Manhurt Sayre who do you have your eye on at tight end in terms of maybe being physical from a blocking hybrid standpoint in your opinion how about Adam Troutman right the Broncos trade for him during the 2023 NFL draft and the pitch there I think at least I don't know what we necessarily heard this explicitly from Sean Payton but I think his ability to do everything well and maybe Sean Payton did kind of in so many words say that after they traded for Troutman just really being able to rely on him as a pass catcher he's got strong hands He's not maybe the most dynamic athlete in space. He's he's certainly no Jimmy Graham out there or anything like that, but he's a solid pass catcher and he can block. He can do all those things well. So he's a he's one of those guys that you make that trade for a guy like Adam Trotman. He really raises the floor of the room, just as we've discussed with the addition of Frank Clark raising the floor of that edge room. There's guys at different positions that may not move the needle in terms of their the headlines that were made when they were acquired or signed, but they really raised the level of that room just by being good at a lot of things. You don't have to be a master of a certain trade to be great in today's NFL. You can be effective as we've seen you know, a number of guys through the years. If you're good at a lot of things, you can find a home in the NFL for a long time. And Troutman, he's playing for that second contract in the NFL. So big year for him, honestly, to really go out there and show some things. Keep an eye as well on Nate Adkins, the undrafted rookie free agent, tight end, hybrid, fullback, whatever you want to call him out of South Carolina. He's been impressive throughout camp, throughout OTAs. Can he build that momentum continuously when the pads do come on? That's something I think that fans need to highlight here. I kind of want to close out today's show, Sarah, with an important message about practice, right? Practice. We're talking about practice. I I think so many times it's easy to see a a certain thing on Twitter and overreact to it as if players in practice are not supposed to make mistakes. Sarah, I'll go back to all my years as a player, what our coaches preach to us. I'll go back to all my years as a coach, what we preach to our players. Practice is the playing ground where you try to master the little things, right? To get the little things there. That's where you're allowed to make mistakes is in practice. You want to know why? Because you make those mistakes in practice. You go back and you watch the film and you make adjustments. Your coach says, okay, hey, this is what we need to work on on this specific area or this specific play. Here's what you could have done better. It allows players to understand as they get more reps, as they practice similar formations, coverages, schemes, whatever it may be, you're allowed, you're, you know, like, okay, hey, the first time I did this, I didn't do it the right way. The second time, can I get it? Can I demonstrate more consistency? If Russell Wilson throws an interception in practice, folks, please, let's not make a big deal of it. The sky will not be falling if Russ throws a pick in practice. It happens all the time. We see a headline, okay, Russ threw an interception here. Oh, gosh, the Broncos are going to be terrible this year. You know how many times, for example, I'll, I'll tell you this, a personal story as a player. We had a pretty good quarterback on the team that I played for a year. We went to the national championship. 
We intercepted our starting quarterback like three or four times in one practice. And we never once as as players, as teammates, thought, oh, gosh, we're screwed this weekend. Uh, you know, when we play this team, we never thought that like it, it, he made us better. We made him better. And sure enough, come Saturday's game, a lot of the times he would ball out because we made him better and vice versa. That's what practice is all about. So we can choose to overreact to the little things like a fumble, an interception, uh, admit, like getting mossed by a wide receiver. The reality is at the end of the day, those things are not going to define the 2023 Denver Broncos. It's how do they take those experiences here and practice, practice and carry that over into making less mistakes and being like perfecting your craft over time. It's repetition. It's volume, sir. It is so important. And I hope that Broncos country can get on board with that because we're going to talk about that. If Russ throws an interception, we're not going to see it here and kind of pick apart and to see, like, okay, how is this going to mean the Broncos aren't, you know, are going to lose every game that they play this season? There are some people that want to do that. We choose to look at football from an objective point of view because those things are going to happen overall. Yep, you're going to go into the film room as well as the roster every single day. You're going to watch the film from practice. You're going to see what went wrong if things did go wrong. And there's no reason to really overreact. We've talked about the the greatest of practice players, meaning Case Keenum, who didn't throw a single interception right at training camp back Great in 2018. And, and then you could look at other players that have had really horrible camps that have turned out great during the regular season. So who who knows, Cody? I, I think back to, like you said, with your own team, I think back to the 2015 Broncos. And I, I'll never forget, that was one of my only times I got to be on site covering the practices as a member of the media, which was really cool. But I was there and I was watching these guys practice. I'm getting a text from my dad and my brother during practice. And they're like, I think number 13 is the best quarterback out here. Peyton Manning was still on the roster. Brock Osweiler was still on the roster. And you remember who number 13 was. It was that bad out there at a couple of days of practice. And yeah, Manning didn't look the same that year as he had throughout the rest of his Broncos tenure. But the, the fact remains, the dude went out there and helped the team win a Super Bowl. So it just goes to kind of show you that, man, anything can happen during practices. Defense can make the offense look bad. Offense can make the defense look bad. I'm pretty sure we know Pat Sertan's going to ball out even if he gives up a TD to Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy's going to ball out even if he gets locked down by PS2. So we can rest easy knowing that these guys are it. What people say practice makes perfect, right? I say practice makes permanent. So you go out there and you find out the things that you want to really per not just perfect, but make permanent in your habits and they can learn from mistakes. 100%. And we'll try to provide that type of coverage here. Lockdown Broncos every single day, all year long. Well, Broncos country, we'll be back tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show, wherever you get your podcast or a little bit earlier on YouTube, uh, recapping the first day of padded practice at the Centura Health Training Center. Stay tuned for that. We'll have you covered on the next episode, Locked on Broncos.